Welcome to the Illuminating Lives podcast. I'm your host, Israel Smith, and I'm here to share conversations with you about what it means to illuminate our own lives, to be comfortable in our vulnerability, to truly love and value ourselves, and then to be able to use that to light up our own life and shine that light with the people we love and care about the most. This is going to be messy, it's going to be vulnerable, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Welcome, let's get started. Hello there, dear listener. It's Israel back with another episode of the Illuminating Lives podcast. How on earth are you? I hope you're well. (sighs) Such a pleasure to be here. It's so much fun recording these episodes. And I've been away for a few weeks uh, in my head away and in work away and (laughs) in my family away and a few other things which is why there's been a bit of a gap in episodes. But hey, I'm back. So I have some exciting, wonderful, hopefully transformational stuff to share with you today, and we may as well dive right in. Today's episode is all about the quiet, the silence, the gaps in our day, in our thoughts, in our life. And it really came to me probably about a month-ish ago because I've been revisiting and participating in Jim Fortin's transformational coaching program. Link in the bio if you're curious or link in the show notes. It's an amazing 14-week transformational program that I've done four times now because we're at the tail end of my fourth run through and it literally is such a radical way of shifting our lives very, very quickly. In all aspects, relationships, relationship to ourself, our integrity, our commitments, our habits, it goes into a whole gamut of stuff and I just love it to pieces. I think it's awesome. Anyway, part of one of the exercises for homework that we get given made me think about how important this conversation was to share with you. Now, I want to start with a couple of questions before I go into that exercise and the details. I just want to ask you just to pause for a second and consider How noisy is your world? Work, family, commitments to your physical and mental well-being, commitments for your kids, social catch-ups with friends, extended family events, news, radio, social media, print media, advertising everywhere, stuff hitting you in the head, in the face, in the ears, in the brain, all the time, constantly go, 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 go. Who's worn out? I'm worn out. Even just talking about that is making me feel quite tight in the chest. The world is a really noisy place. There's no two ways about it. The world is a really noisy place. The more humans there are, the busier it gets. The more connected we are, the noisier it becomes. And the more challenging it is to carve out spaces and places and gaps to simply quiet the noise. How noisy is it inside your own head? Have you ever, like everything we spoke about a second ago is all external, but have you ever considered how much of the noise that we all live with is actually generated by us, by our constant thoughts pinging around inside of our brain? 
Should I do this? Should I do that? What are people going to think? What should I wear today? Should I buy this thing? Should I not buy this thing? What am I going to have for lunch? What about the groceries? Oh, I've been having a fight with my partner. What's going on there? I hope the kids are going to grow up okay. Blah, 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 blah. It just goes on and on. So generally speaking, our brains are a pretty noisy place as well. And not really a place that we can retreat from because we're always in our own head. We're always here with us. Now, my last question for you as we just lead into this thought is, when was the last time that you took some time to sit and be still and be quiet without a phone, a pen, a book, a movie, a screen, someone to talk to? When was the last time you carved out a little bit of quiet time? That long pause was intentional just to give you a bit of a chance to think and reflect. The reason I'm bringing this up is because part of this exercise that I was asked to do as part of the TCP program was four hours of silence. The way it's set up in the assignment is imagine you're in supermax. Imagine you're in prison. No one to talk to, not allowed to speak. No pens, no paper, no phone, no books, no movies, no chores, no music, nothing to distract you. Basically, sit your butt in a chair, start a timer or check the clock, and then just sit there for four hours. Now, how does that make you feel, thinking about that? How does that concept land with you. The first time I heard about it, it was an absolute bloody spin out. I felt like I was going to explode. I was that anxious in the lead up to it. I really felt like, oh, how am I ever going to manage that amount of time with nothing to do, no action, no activity, and nothing to distract myself and no one to talk to and no speaking. But here's what I've come to realize. Giving ourselves that time to be silent is such a gift for a couple of really important reasons. It's in the quiet moments that our soul begins to whisper to us. Our muse, our inspiration, our creativity begins to speak and show up in those moments of stillness. In those moments, our brain can feel boredom and then we can actually begin to feel creativity flow through from that boredom as our brain starts to carve new neural pathways and create new connections between seemingly random unconnected events <clears throat> excuse me but here's what i also know our head chatter in those quiet moments just goes bonkers the monkey mind goes into overdrive so quiet time, stillness, silence is so important and it's also kind of something we're not equipped to deal with or not used to doing. Unless you have a very strong practice of mindfulness and meditation in your life already. But in my experience, that's kind of rare, particularly among the men in my world. So 
I guess the thing about all of this is to not make any judgment about what that four hours might feel like, not to go into a panic attack, not to spin out. I'm not asking you to do four hours of silence. I'm not. If you feel like it, great, but I'm not, I'm not forcing that upon you. I just wanted to sort of raise that as an idea because it's something I've done and I've learned so much about myself as a result. My wife's done the same exercise. She's learned so much about herself as a result. Oh, there's just, I mean, I notice instantly whether I'm tired and sometimes the fatigue comes from this is the first time in a while that I've stopped to truly listen to my body and my body's saying, dude, I need a rest. Sometimes it's tired because of fear or unwillingness to just sit with myself for that amount of time. I notice that usually about hour three, to the latter parts of hour three into hour four, the head chatter begins to calm down and I begin to just look out my bedroom window with just wonder, with awe, with such respect for and and reverence for the world around me and just how flourishing with life it actually is. Like we have probably 10 or 15 different species of bird that live near where I am. And I get to see them in different parts of the trees zipping around the backyard. The grass is just filled. It is teeming with insect life and the grass and the plants themselves. All of it, right? There's just so much life that is humming, throbbing, thriving around me in this four hours of silence when I really do become present in the moment to what I'm part of. And it's just awesome. It's just awesome. Now, why is this all relevant? Well, I wanted to use this as a springboard to talk about meditation. Because I know for myself personally, and I've seen this with my clients, meditation is and can be a game changer. It can be the difference between constantly feeling stuck in loops in our head and then suddenly discovering that actually... We are completely safe. We are completely held and comforted and looked after by ourselves. And we have a very beautiful coming home and returning to ourselves through the practice of meditation. I recently gave an intensive one-to-one workshop that lasted for a full day with one of my one-to-one clients. And we spent quite a bit of time talking about meditation Because what I know is that in our society, meditation has been given lots of different connotations and expectations and pressures and things put on it by all the different ways it gets interpreted within our society. So here's what I know for me and what I believe to be true. Meditation is not complicated. It doesn't require special equipment. It doesn't require you sitting cross-legged on top of a mountain in a robe with a shaved head. It doesn't require chanting om or any other mantra or weird sound. But here's the opposite side of this. Meditation is beautiful. It is cumulative. So the more you do it, the better it becomes. It is a judgment-free zone. It is a place of pure love and compassion and generosity and kindness to ourself. 
And it is absolutely not about quieting the constant chatter in our mind because that's bloody impossible. But where I work from is that meditation is actually about recognizing and realizing that we are separate from all of the chatter. When we go outside and we look up at the sky and we see clouds going past, we are not the clouds. They drift in, they drift out. When we go into the ocean, the waves rise, the waves fall. Imagine that your thoughts in your brain are like the clouds and like the waves. They turn up out of nowhere, they go through their process and then they dissipate and return to nothing. Our thoughts do the same thing, but so often our life and our world and our head is so noisy that we don't actually realize that we don't need to follow every single thought. We don't need to go down the rabbit hole or ride the roller coaster of our thought patterns. We can simply be. We can separate ourselves from the roller coaster. Picture in your mind, if you've ever been on one or if you've ever seen a movie of a roller coaster, going up and down, loop the loops, round corners, all the action, all the rush, all the flurry of activity. That's what it's like when we latch onto or get carried away by our thoughts. Often those thoughts lead to emotions, those emotions take us to new thoughts and other things and then we end up with a whole lot of feelings and a whole lot of thoughts and a whole lot of stuff just banging around in our head. On the other hand, imagine that like magic you have the ability to levitate and you're, as the roller coaster is going, you're able to lift yourself out of the harness and out of the carriage and just rise above the roller coaster. Go up into the sky and be able to be still in the air and look down and see the roller coaster moving around. See it doing the loop the loop, but recognize that you are separate from the roller coaster. That to me is what meditation is all about. And it's actually about cultivating and strengthening that gap, what I call the mindfulness gap between our thoughts and us the essence of us, what makes us, us. We are not our thoughts. Our thoughts are separate to us and they don't stop. They constantly get sparked by different electrical impulses and triggers within our brain. We can't control it. Well, we can to an extent control what we think about and how our thoughts operate. However, having the objective of completely turning our thoughts off is in my personal experience, a recipe for failure at the outset of any meditation practice because we're just not skilled enough at that. But what we do is, <clears throat> excuse me again, what we do is we work to create a distraction for our mind. So people chanting OM or other mantras is actually a way of giving our mind something to focus on, giving our brain something to latch onto so that we can just have a little bit of stillness. To try and perhaps if you picture our, our brain as a really rippled pond, calming it down so the water becomes still and calm and peaceful. Meditation is a very personal practice. My belief is that we each need to find a way of meditating that works for us. For some people, it is complete silence, no music, nothing they sit cross-legged, they take themselves out to a very specific spot every single time. 
and they just know when they've completed their meditation. For others, and I put myself in this category, I have an app that I use. I'll put the link in the details. It's called Insight Timer. And I use one of their stock standard free background sound tracks. And I have a little ding like a gong that plays every five minutes. And I usually set a timer for about 10 or 15, sometimes 20 minutes. To me, that music as a background becomes quite peaceful and quite settling and it gives my brain something to focus on which means I can then distinguish myself from my thoughts, separate myself out from that and then I can actually find the peace and the calm and the clarity that I need to find in my meditation. Now here's the other thing, there's no such thing as a bad meditation. Every time we do it, our brain gets what it needs. Every time we do it, our brain gets what it needs. So in my personal experience, I sit down. I don't even sit cross-legged. I sit in my office chair, which has quite an upright back because I really do pay attention to my posture when I'm on my computer for long hours. But I find that that keeps my brain alert. I have a very easy sleep reflex. So I can fall asleep kind of anywhere, anytime, which drives my wife and kids sometimes a little bit batty, but I've always been able to fall asleep very easily, very quickly. The catch is when I slow myself down, as I do when I meditate, sometimes my brain gets confused and thinks, oh, sleep time, and I'll find myself nodding off. So that's why I sit with quite an upright spine, quite tall in a comfortable, but not loungy sort of chair. So I sit in my office chair. If there's a patch of sun, I usually put my feet in the sun and I put on noise cancelling headphones that then give me a lovely isolation from the world around me. And I start playing a timer with some background music through Insight Timer. That's my typical practice. Now I also add to that a bit of a mantra and it does change occasionally, but primarily what I repeat over and over again is, I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. I don't repeat it out loud, it's just in my head. But what I find that does is twofold. Firstly, it helps give my brain something to focus on so I can just gently practice guiding myself back to that mantra. If ever I get distracted by something in my body, by a sound, by a thought, by an emotion, anything, I just very gently, like I'm training a puppy, gently guide my mind back to the mantra, I love myself. That's the first thing. The second thing is I'm actually reprogramming and retraining my subconscious mind in that, I guess, theta brainwave state, that not quite asleep, but very, very relaxed state. So I'm retraining my brain to hold that self-love as a very core belief, which it is. I actually completely love myself exactly as I am. I accept and love and honor just as I am who I am, what I am. All flaws, all faults. In doing this, I cultivate that gap between me and my thoughts. I cultivate mental, emotional resilience and that peacefulness that comes from quiet. When I've done this, when I've had this peaceful time, when I've focused and prioritized my meditation, 
this quiet time becomes like a reset point and I always know that I can go inward to come home. I can come home to myself. I can come home to my own safety, my own well-being. I know that I always have my own back. And when I've got my own back, then the universe, the greater power, God, the divine, always has my back too. And I'm always looked after. So to me, I wanted to share all of this with you to just talk about the benefits of quiet time, to talk about the peace that comes from a regular, consistent meditation practice, and to invite you to start one if you don't have one already. I'm really curious. Hit me up in the comments. Comments. Hit me up on social media or via email. Do you have a meditation practice? How does it work best for you? And if you don't have a meditation practice, have you ever tried one before? And how has this reframe or this new conversation about it helped and shifted things for you? Now, I know personally firsthand from my one-to-one workshop last week that both of the men who were present found this approach to be a completely revolutionary idea, like a real game changer, because each of them had in various ways tried meditating before. And for whatever reason, not been able to stick with it or not been able to have a good relationship with it. And I think one of the fundamental pieces, which is a truth that I've come to that I really tell everyone I possibly can about meditating, is that it's not about shutting our mind up because it just doesn't stop. Our mind never stops. But what it is about is about settling it and about strengthening the muscles that guide us back to our focus, that guide us back to our mantra or to our breath or to our physical body or to whatever it is. So here's where I'm going to turn it over to you. If you don't have a meditation practice or if you do and you'd like to try something different, would you be interested in running, in running, in participating in a meditation workshop with me? I've been giving this a bit of thought and I feel like that there's maybe something in there. So if this is something that might be of interest to you, jump on the Instagrams, look me up, Israel P. Smith. That's I-S-R-A-E-L-P for Paul, S-M-I-T-H, Israel P. Smith. That's my handle on Instagram. I would love to hear from you. I genuinely would. I would love to hear if you are interested about meditation at all, interested in in a, a short workshop on it, maybe getting some pointers from me. Um, I just feel like there's a really big opportunity for this to be such a blessing and such a gift to so many men and women who haven't previously tried it. And I would love the chance just to share my own practice and to invite you to do a couple of guided meditations with me and just learn to trust yourself that you can create the meditation practice that's going to work for you. Sound good? hope so. Thank you for being here in the silence. Thank you for listening and for having me pop into your earbuds or your headphones or your stereo or your car, wherever you happen to be while you listen to my podcast. I'm really, really grateful that I get the chance to share these sorts of downloads with you and to talk from my heart about what's made a difference in my life purely with the hope that it helps, purely with the trust that there's somebody listening, this could be you, that really needed to hear this. 
So I have two favours to ask. Think of it as a little gift in exchange for this and how helpful this has been in your life. Favour number one, please share my podcast around. Share it with friends, share it with family. Help me reach as many people as possible. And leave me a review on iTunes because iTunes apparently I've discovered is the only place that stores reviews. But please, if you can give us a nice rating and give us a bit of a review, that'd be really helpful because I can then use that to encourage other people to listen. The second favor is that this is part of what I do with my work. If you know anyone who is struggling, this could be you, this could be a family member or a friend. If they're just having a bit of a hard time, if they're going through some challenges or some changes in life and they need some support, if they are angry, arguing constantly with their wife or partner or husband, getting angry and yelling and frustrated at the kids, struggling with what to do next in life, feeling like they're just overwhelmed and stressed out and anxious and stuck in thought loops. If there's any of that that's resonating for you or for anybody that you know, then please send them my way. I'm a well-being and emotional resilience coach. This is my jam. This is what I do. This is what I'm here for on the planet. And the clients that I'm working with are getting redonkulous results. They are literally changing their own lives with my guidance and with the tools and the awareness that I help create for them and with the accountability that comes from having a coach and with the fact that honestly, a lot of these paths I've walked before for the last 10 or 11 years and I've learned a lot about what makes me tick, what makes our brains work and how we can kind of put those things all together to live an illuminating life, a life that sets us up for our best version of ourselves all the time. I'd love to work with you or your friends. I have some capacity to take on the odd one or two new clients. So if this sounds like it's something for you, then please put it forward. That would be the second most generous gift you could share with me. But honestly, the true gift for me is to be able to share this with you. So I'm so grateful that this platform exists that I can just turn on the mic and go for a while. I wanna send you all of the love all of the ease, all of the joy, and all of the well-being that I possibly can via this platform. So please receive that. Please have a wonderful, wonderful day wherever you are, and I will see you on the next episode. Thank you, and bye for now.